Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hey, everybody. If you have survived our previous episodes on truth, I'm just going to say this one more time. And I know Luann feels the same way. Our intent was certainly not to offend or irritate or aggravate or exasperate or any of those eight words. We just (laughs) felt like we needed to speak about the elephant in the room. Sure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we need to do that. But I agree with you. This was never meant to harm or... No, just the opposite. We've already talked about a lot of issues out there in the world, in our culture. So today we want to focus more on how lies have crept into the heads of believers, of followers of Christ, and into the church. We mentioned last week, we compared our culture to a current. We can be swept downstream. And as I was thinking about this this morning, it reminded me of a couple of whitewater rafting trips I've been on. Have you ever done that before? (laughs) Yes. Well, I've only been to one place and I've been there a couple of times. It's called Nantahala. It's up in North Carolina. It's not a huge, crazy Colorado type of situation, but it's it's enough. It's enough of an adrenaline rush for me anyway. (laughs) When you get near the end of it, they make you pull out, and then they give you this little talk about the last thing on this trip, a waterfall, and it's not huge, but you need to get over in a particular position, and you're kind of on your own. They don't stick guys in there with you. So they tell you, like, get over to the left side, and you'll be fine, and then you just kind of go down, like going down a slide, but (laughs) if you don't get over far enough... You're going to go over, and it's not going to kill you, I I don't think, but you end up in this thing that kind of pulls you down. You know, you'll fall out of your raft, obviously, and then you're just kind of sucked into this thing, and they say, just relax, and it'll eventually spit you out. (laughs) But they put some fear in you. (laughs) I turned into Captain Bly in my boat, like, get to the left, get to the left. (laughs) But we had plenty of people in our group who didn't make it. They They fell out? Yeah, well, they ended up going over the part where you get sucked up in the thing, and and a good friend of mine was one of those, and she was just talking about what a weird feeling is. You're just disoriented, like you're just kind of spinning around, and you're hoping that you're going to eventually get spit out. Well, I fell out. That's what happened to us. And so I know what you're saying, but I just relaxed, let myself just go through it. I I didn't go under as much as I had to just ride the rapid. Well, because this is the last thing, there are people gathered around, and they have lifeguards there to help people that get okay (laughs) but don't get spit out okay but this whole thing about lies it's kind of like that that we can get sucked under that's good and then we are underwater spinning around and lose our bearings Mm -hmm. because my friend was saying you kind of don't know what is up yes i don't know why it does that it's something about the way the water comes over the falls but that is a very good metaphor Mm -hmm. in my mind for what can happen and it can happen i agree in the world, and it can happen to believers. Yes. First John 1 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, with Jesus, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And I think in our previous episodes, we also talked about how lies are darkness. 
and yes. God's word is light. That's right. And it is true. So you've got that contrast of light and darkness. And mm-hmm. it says that if we say that we're Christ followers, I like to use that word better than Christian because a lot of people say they're Christians. Oh, that's good. You know, yes, absolutely. If they're not Buddhist or Muslim or something, they assume they're a Christian. So a Christ follower, if we say that we are one of those, and yet we walk in the darkness, mm-hmm. John says we're lying and we're not practicing the truth. So it's a serious thing. If someone can look at our life and say, wow, they are into some dark stuff. Yeah, That's why we're talking about it. And when we're talking mm-hmm. about it being in the church, I think this can be a tricky thing. The first thing I thought of getting caught up in those kind of lies, those are strongholds. Yeah. And so if we're not free from the strongholds in our life, but I don't know if we're serious enough when there's a stronghold in place and at the same time, a great love for God, that stronghold will really dissipate and break the more we, I believe, speak the word to it or continue to walk in our faith. But it could last a long time if we continue to play with it. Yeah, coddle it, I guess. Thank you. Yes. I heard a speaker say that our strongholds are wallpapered with lies. Oh, it's that's like good. we're in a, a room and the walls are covered with the lies that we've believed. And so ripping those down yes. is a huge part of our freedom. Right. We're talking about the church. I think when you said that about the lies and, and how it so much looks like being sucked under. Being sucked under and yes. sp- spun around. Yeah. That's Almost what happens like- in the ocean. Is that the current, the undertow? Yeah. Where people undertow. get caught in undertow right. and they get thrown further out into the ocean mm-hmm. when they're caught in an undertow. Mm-hmm. And I think we can get caught in a stronghold or habitual sins or those kind of things. And so where then is the church when we're wanting to work our way back? The church is us, the people, obviously, mm-hmm. it's not a building. So do we trust the leadership of it enough to go to them and say, look, I'm struggling with this? Or are we afraid to? Are we afraid to expose things? Well, it depends on you and it depends on what kind of church you're in oh, as well. That's what it should be. That's what it's supposed to be. Right. And I'm trusting that's where a lot of them are. When I was a counselor at a national conference, not a counselor, but a person up front that was praying for people that came Uh forward. Okay. The majority of people that I always got was the pastor's wife and they did not know who they could go to. to, And pastors too. And pastors also. And staff members. So It shouldn't be that way because they all need people they can confide in. They need accountability too. So that's that's a huge part of this. If your leader is walking in darkness... Yeah. The shepherd of the the local church, Mm -hmm. then the flock is going to be in trouble. Yeah. It's usually hidden. Mm -hmm. And so... Right. But go ahead. I Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I that's fine. After that first John passage that talks about, we can't say that we have fellowship with Christ if we're walking in darkness. Mm-hmm. What came to mind was Galatians 5, 19 through 21, which is sort of a checklist of what would that darkness look like? How does the Bible define darkness or walking in darkness? And I'll just read some of these things because it talks about the deeds of the flesh. And that's the same thing as saying somebody that's walking in darkness, who's just living Mm -hmm. by their desires and Mm -hmm. what they want. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife. There can be a lot of that in the church. Jealousy, Mm -hmm. outbursts of anger, Disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, it says. So it kind of serves as a checklist that if we 
recognize that some of those are in our lives. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's kind of easy to spot the drunkenness and the carousing and all of that. Mm -hmm. But enmities, strife and jealousy, disputes, I mean, these things happen. Sure. And it's rampant sometimes in churches mm -hmm. where you have jealousy and power struggles and all that kind of yes. stuff. Selfish ambitions. Mm -hmm. Okay, people want attention. And I think because we're people, Mm -hmm. But we have to also understand how to live amongst each other yeah. in the way the Lord has wanted us to. <laughs> I mean, the church is, is a family. Sure. And there's going to be stuff yes. in families. <laughs> yes. You're right. We're in, in families, do we forgive? Mm -hmm. Do we hold a grudge? Do we get offended? Do we stay offended? We're learning. Do we leave? Do, do we leave? We stay or do we work stay it out? Work it out? Correct. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. To me, growing up, church was just a thing you went to. But it really is supposed to be a family you belong to. Sure. So let's get into some of the, the lies that popped into my head anyway. And Luann, you feel free to throw in <laughs> some more. Yes. One of them, and this isn't so evident in solid churches, but there are denominations that feel like there are many ways to heaven. And it's really narrow to think that Jesus is the only way. They may read scripture where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life and mm -hmm. as part of their service. But if you talk to the members of that church, they would be more disposed to say, well, there's some really good Buddhists out there. I've known people wow. that were Muslims that were good people. Surely God's not going to, they would say, send them all to hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the truth is that Jesus said he is the only way. That's right. And again, that, that will come from the top. If that is how the congregation is responding, then yeah. something's coming from the top. Well, you're made to feel like you're very narrow and unloving if you say that. I worked with a, a lady that I loved dearly, and she was very, very active in her church and had been her whole life. And yet she and I would spar back and forth about this very issue oh. because she felt like if you were a good person, then you mm -hmm. would go to heaven. Mm. I said, what do you do with that scripture for Jesus? Well, I, I said, boast. I'm not saying it. <laughs> yeah. He's saying yeah. it. It's yeah. not narrow. He's provided the way. Why would we say that's a bad thing? Or to boast that Just, we have gotten ourselves into heaven. Then what did the blood do? I, uh, yeah. yeah. I personally have not heard this taught in churches, no, but I've I met either. enough people who are very active in their churches who really don't wow. have a hold on that. Mm -hmm. I get invited to speak because sure. of my newspaper thing. And so you run into this <laughs> yes. kind of thing and I kind of go in with just my my gospel pistols loaded and ready. <laughs> but you can tell by the looks on their faces that that's not what they usually hear. Then you know what's good about that, though? Then you've planted the seed, and it's up to the Holy Spirit then to do yeah. His thing. So. Yeah, and I try not to... Well, no, purposefully sure. offensive, but you don't want to leave a group feeling like they didn't hear the truth. Yes. He has told us that there is only one way. Oh, no, there's definitely just one way. Yes. Okay. Yes. We've talked around and about this subject before in our podcast, but there are some Christians that are very wishy-washy about sexual sin, mm. things like sex outside of marriage, homosexuality, issues like that, and we don't want to just keep beating the same mm -hmm. horse here. No, right. But if you get wishy-washy about these issues that are clear in Scripture, mm -hmm. that gives Satan that open door yes. into your life. I can sit here right now and sadly think of couples that we have known in various churches that ended up having affairs. Mm -hmm. And again, we've talked about that before on here too, but it's 
such a common thing. I w- Maybe common is exaggerating, but it happens often enough. Well, I'm not sure if it's because that we're not addressing it enough mm-hmm. from the pulpit. I think that when a culture goes sex crazed like this, and it's out of control, and it's spinning out of control in the sexual way that it has, and it is, yeah, I think that it's not being spoken about as far as what the Lord says about it all. And why do you think it's not? I feel people are afraid of losing people, to be honest, because it's so prevalent and so many want to live that way. God will forgive, you know, that whole thing. And yeah, he will, but we're purposely doing it. So, you know what I mean? So I think that that's where then your understanding of Christ has a major flaw because of what he has spoken in his word. And don't you think it gives Satan a foothold? Well, sure, because it says flee sexual immorality. All other sins are outside the body, Mm -hmm. but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. He also talks about in Hebrews. Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 6, if you want to see what the word says about sexual immorality, those are two good chapters to go to. Did you, because which one did you say? Galatians 5, there's a passage there about oh, yeah. who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that list includes immorality, impurity, mm-hmm. and sensuality. And then 1 Corinthians 6, we've talked about before, and it also says, who will not inherit the kingdom of God? And it says fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, homosexuals. And as we've already said, it's not like those are the unpardonable sins, but if you really desire to walk in the light, you can't just not deal with this stuff. Well, it deadens your relationship with the Lord. It would be like with anything else. If you're stealing something, if Anything we're doing that's against his perfect desire for us and his true will, our walk and our spirit man will not be as alive as it truly would be if we were listening and obeying. When we hear the warning signs, because I know we all get warned, specifically sexual sin, I think that it has such a hold because to become one flesh, that to the Lord means a lot to him. Mm -hmm. So you've made a covenant with somebody outside the marriage bed, which is what this is all about. It causes a lot more in life than we expect. And we all just throw it off. Oh, well, we're just human. But that's not truly what scripture says. And here in Thessalonians, you know, I used to say this all the time to the kids, but it doesn't give an age on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's not just for kids. And it's from us. First Thessalonians 4, verse 3, I'll just read the beginning part. It says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passions like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is an avenger of all this. So you're defrauding your brother or your sister his will is that you abstain from that. Yeah. And I think some of the rationalizations that you hear are, well, the heart wants what the heart wants. You can't help who you fall in love with. You know, those are lies. You can. Yeah, you absolutely (laughs) can. Those are totally lies. Yes. But it also affects the people in our lives because there are a lot of young couples, well, older couples too, that are Mm -hmm. living together. Mm -hmm. And I'll be talking to somebody and I'll think they're really solid and really seem like they're fired up for God. And then somehow it'll enter the conversation that they're living with Mm -hmm. their boyfriend or their girlfriend. And honestly, my heart just sinks. It's not like I don't like them anymore or I'm not going to have anything to do with them, but my heart sinks because I'm thinking, what? 
How yeah. can you know the word and not feel like that's... Well, you know what? what <laughs> when I've had uh, former students walk into that, I simply ask them to go search it out. And then they see, you know, so often I'll listen or when I'm reading some evangelists that have incredible books about our our walk and our faith in the Lord, and they'll challenge their parishioners who are living with the opposite sex. I think it might've been Jensen Franklin, who's one of my favorite preachers, and he really challenges them. Mm -hmm. Again, I feel like if it's not really being spoken from the pulpit in a authoritative yet compassionate manner, because it all needs to be that way, no matter what we're talking about. Hey, look, we look at so many scriptures. He did not scream at the woman that was caught in adultery. He did not yell at her. He simply told her to go and sin no more. He called it sin. Part is to restore. That's right. And that's to be our our participation in this process is to restore them. Yes, that is what he's asking. But what has happened in our culture, we're making it all so easy and we're making it all okay Therefore, it's rushed into the church and we've got our kids and we've got our young adults and we've got our single people who think it's all okay. Mm-hmm. And and it's not because it's not his heart. If we want our kids to have a solid relationship with the Lord, we need to add this part to it. You can't just say, okay, everything else is, is a no-go, but oh, you know what? This is okay. And that's where we're at. Whether that's why I never get asked to, to come and talk to high schoolers about this in um, Christian schools or youth groups, uh, they know I'm available. They know I will speak life and truth. The ministry I had with the high school students would never have been as successful if I was badgering those kids. I never badgered them. Right. I simply told them what the truth was. Yeah. And then they had a chance to live that out themselves. And we talked about it every single day. I was always talking about sexual relationships. Mm. But then they would leave and go to college and they would find themselves caught up and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I get it. I get that it's literally in the culture. And to hold your Christian kid who wants to do what's right above that reproach, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. they've got to really walk a different walk. It's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so you're asking that also to the adult. Hey, I just read what Thessalonians said. It didn't say mm-hmm. to the youth. It says anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's in the church. It needs addressed. It needs changed because we're allowing our youth to be like the world and we're allowing them to be okay with it because it's yeah. not being addressed. I'm Be- sorry. It does damage your conscience when you're knowingly disobeying God. Well, it, you're taking those memories of that person into your marriage bed. Yeah. Again, we've covered this before, but it is, a, I don't know, the scripture talks about, you know, a little leaven in oh, the yes. in the lump of dough mm-hmm. yeah. works its way out into the, all the dough. And yes. this is one of those kind of sins that I think has leavened the dough. And because it is so different than the culture, it's one of the, the hardest ones to speak up against. It's yeah. just become such an accepted thing. But it's allowed us to compromise than our yeah. faith. We've compromised the word because of it. And when we compromise in any area, in any of the things no, we're correct. talking about, yes. personally or as a church, it takes a toll. Our, our desire ought to be to, to run from sin, not yes. to coddle it. Our hearts should be that we hate the sin in our lives yes. and we're fighting against it. You know, mm-hmm. I was listening to, again, it was Jensen Franklin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did a phenomenal phenomenal message on different rocks and stones through scripture, how rocks were used. And mm-hmm. he talked about the rocks with this woman caught in adultery. And he said, and the rock was talking and he goes, other rocks were being put into the hands of men. 
and we were told to, to slay this woman. And he said, and then this man comes up and says, well, he without sin cast the first stone. And he said, and all of my friends were dropped on the, on the ground. He said, except for me. He said, I was held in the hand of this, this Jesus. He was the only one that could have thrown that stone and he chose not to. And it was the most powerful message I've ever heard about stones. That's that's a great and rocks. thing. It makes me want to go study rocks uh, uh, yeah. in the Bible. Seriously, they're everywhere. Yeah. But anyway, as we're talking about the Church of America right now, that we're allowing the world and sexual sin to permeate through the church. Yeah. And it is harming us from the top to the bottom. It's not loving. Jesus didn't just ignore the issue of sin in that lady's life. Correct. And neither should we. We should look at it as if we don't say something to friends... And I've been in that situation. Like I said, I've been talking to people, and then mm-hmm. I'll find out they're living with somebody, and I don't automatically launch into my, you should, church lady, you shouldn't be doing that. No, That's right. sin. You're going to go to hell. You know, it's very hard to address that in someone else's life, but there have been situations where I knew I was the one called to go to them sure. and talk to them. And it's sure. not easy, and it's a whole lot easier not to do that. Yeah, it and is. And yet, if we really love them... Mm-hmm. And we really believe God's word is true. Do we want to see them walking off that cliff? No, correct. We yeah. would do it if somebody was in drugs. Yeah. You would go to them in a heartbeat. Right. And say, this isn't good for you. And you would do that if somebody was drunk and driving. Mm-hmm. Give me your keys. Why do we treat this differently? We do. We do. And, and it's funny because, um, of course, I would never say any names, but there was an incident years ago when I was wanting to go speak to the youth at a high school. And I knew the principal of this high school and he did not want me to come because he said, what happens if you open this can of worms by talking to these kids? And this is a Christian school and talking to the kids about their sexual relationships. Now you're going to open this can of worms. I was so shocked that that was his <gasps> response. So discouraging. Yeah. And the I, can of worms is truth. Well, my response really was what I just said here. So if you knew that 35% Mm -hmm. of your kids in your high school were strung out on drugs, you wouldn't address it. Mm -hmm. And then he got quiet and he still did not want me to come. I never went to that school. Okay. That's an example. That's an example. Perfect. And this is a guy who loves the Lord that are just so afraid of this one sin to address it. So I think we should call this episode, open the can of worms. And and he was afraid to. And I just said, what are you so afraid of? What? Yeah. That's just I don't sad know. to me. I don't know, because yeah. there wasn't a response. It was just quiet. Well, it comes down to, I think, Christians really not believing how destructive sin is. I mean, the only reason God tells us not to do things is He's basically saying, don't hurt yourself. Yeah, correct. He knows the toll that sin mm-hmm. takes on us. Mm-hmm. We may not always be aware of it. In the moment, we just want what we want. Right. God knows it's going to harm us. Mm-hmm. I think there must be just a widespread disbelief that sin is really destructive. The wages of sin is death. And that doesn't just have to mean eternal separation from God. It Mm -hmm. can just mean like a bunch of little death in our life. Well, sure. And that's when Satan said to Eve, you surely won't die. Well, yeah, you are going to spiritually die. I think because we've allowed it in the church so much, Mm -hmm. and we've allowed it because Mm -hmm. there's a voice that needs to stand against it. But because we've allowed it, then we wonder why our kids or our young adults or our 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds aren't strong in the Lord. Well, if we've allowed this, it just it just silences the Spirit of God within us. It's mm-hmm. grieving the Holy Spirit. Again, this is not beating up on anybody. This is just the truth. And right. we've all had to deal with this. Mm-hmm. All of us 
have dealt with sexual stuff. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. we all have. So I know that it has to be addressed. And if it's not, then we all suffer. Uh, we didn't get very far in our list, but that's okay because we, we can do another okay. um, episode and finish up some of the other issues. Let's just close with hope. Yes, uh, you know, please. Yes, we're, this sounds like Debbie Downer here, yeah. but it's totally not because no. the truth is that there is a way out of the strongholds, whether it's the sexual stronghold or not thinking correctly about the gospel that we mentioned before, like that's there right. are many paths to heaven and Jesus isn't the only way. Whatever lies we're believing, there's forgiveness, there's a way out, there's a way to clear up our thinking. The word addresses these things. There's so much light available. We don't have to stay in the dark because there's bondage in the darkness. Well, I would not have continued to teach this message. I would never have continued if there was no hope in any of the stuff we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in front of my high school students with the Bible in my hand in Bible class. And I said, "If, if there's no forgiveness with God, and then I took my Bible. Bible, and some of you are going to freak, but I put it in the garbage can. Mm-hmm. And I just said, then this is nothing. That's if right. this isn't the truth, mm-hmm. and if this isn't where we're to stand and put our feet on, then psh, we might as well just throw it out and live the way you want to live. Right. So because this word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and because it brings so much hope, yeah. I continue to speak life. And we all continue to speak life. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to show there is a problem, but at the same time, there is a solution. And the stronghold, if we go back to the, the idea of it being a room or a prison cell, it has a door on it. Yes. That we can open. Yes. And it's up to us to walk out, to right. walk out from that room plastered with lies. And, and sometimes it's going to be a painful mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. It's hard to admit that you believe lies, but you know, I've certainly been part of my life and I probably still am believing lies somewhere that sure, right. God needs to reveal to I me. I know I am. But so I know is. I want out. Mm-hmm. from under them. Mm-hmm. And when God shows me what they are with all my heart, I want to repent and get out of that because yeah. I know it's darkness mm-hmm. and it's bondage. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Bible isn't just all about don't do this and don't do that. Yeah. There's a, a whole lot of hope Gosh. and life and There's freedom. freedom. Yeah. <laughs> There's tremendous freedom. Yes, that's right. When we do it his way. Tremendous freedom. All right. Well, we never know where these things are going. Never. And we really kind of thought that we would just go through our little list of lies here, but we only made it to two. But we hope that this has ministered to you, even though it's been sort of a a hard episode. But just, yeah, go for the freedom, go for the hope, go for the life. Amen. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more truth and hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.